All right, welcome back to the Movie Babble podcast. Back on our regular schedule. Uh, been a couple of weeks, but this uh, should be out on a Monday morning, which we haven't done in a while. Um, so it was another one of those competitive weeks at the box office, which is a nice thing to say. Um, we're we're really coming back, at least until the the Delta variant shuts everything down. It takes over. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't give me uh, hope. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> but uh, I mean, this starts at least a, a two-week streak where we have two movies that are going to kind of go head to head a little bit. Uh, so this week saw the release of Old and Snake Eyes, and let's uh, let's let's ease into Old. Let's start off with Snake Eyes. Um, so you you guys okay. uh, have not seen it, correct? <laughs> uh, no, can't that say is, I was interested in seeing this uh, this GI Joe movie. Uh, can you name any other G.I. Joe character besides Snake Eyes? Because I Storm can... Shadow. Um that's one, right? It, yeah. <laughs> is, is Cobra a thing? That's a thing, right? That's like the, that... the bad uh, entity. Uh, Cobra. Uh, Cobra. Whoever Kai. Chang whoever Chang Tatum played. Was he was he uh, Joe? Yeah, was he no, Joe? No, Bruce Willis was Joe. Oh. Uh Channing Tatum was Channing Tatum. Uh, G.I. Joe's sense. My the one thing I remember about this franchise is uh Channing Tatum. I think he was on like Howard Stern or something like that. He was like, I fucking hate both of those movies so much. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man. So that's deep. the one thing I know about this franchise. So shout out to shout, shout out to Channing. So I feel like, and this is kind of a flaw with the franchise as a whole, is these movies really overestimate how iconic their characters are. <laughs> <laughs> um, like snake eye is is probably the most iconic gi joe and he doesn't yeah. talk at all in the first two movies uh and then he talks at this one and you actually see him with his helmet off so he's basically playing like a completely different character and it's also kind of vague on whether or not this is like a reboot or an origin story um mm-hmm. and i you know i haven't seen the other two movies in quite a few years but i'm pretty sure it like differs on the origin quite a bit um but yeah, this this movie exists. Um, it has some cool fight sequences. There's like these giant pythons that come into the story at some point. Someone gets eaten up like uh, John Voight in Anaconda. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, this movie is like really predictable. Um, kind of in the first 10 minutes, you kind of see where the big plot twists are going to be. Um, Samara Weaving is in this movie giving the most generic performance imaginable. And I don't think it's her fault. Um, I think it's another instance of they're like, oh, everybody loves uh, this character with red hair. And that's her defining trait. Oh, that's who she plays. (laughs) (laughs) Is that just clicked? Oh, dang. Uh, And she feels like a late addition because there's quite a few dialogue scenes where you can't actually see Samara Weaving's face. It's just like over the shoulder from behind her. And then uh, she like, she has like one walk and talk for about two minutes halfway through the movie. And then she is just completely gone until the very end. And she just like shows up and shoots some things. And it's like, Oh, wouldn't you love to be a GI Joe? And then, and then she's fighting and it's the, the hair is all over her face so they can hide the stunt double or something like that. Cause she was yeah. on set for five minutes. <laughs> that stinks. Cause I really like her and I feel like oh. she is um, like, she's anything but generic in all the movies she's in, you know, 
She's yeah. great and ready or not. She's even the best part of. Did either of you guys see that Guns Akimbo movie with Daniel Radcliffe? No, no, the one with the memes where he has the yeah, guns yeah, yeah. in his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's the only good part in that movie. She's always bringing it. So that's kind of a bummer. She was just cast in a Damon Chazelle's new movie, Babylon. Babylon. Which oh, I, I will, man. Oh my god, I would cut off my arm to see that right now. First, <laughs> first new Tobey Maguire movie in like yep. eight years, um, oh, unless man, we get a little wait. surprise this December. But uh, oh yeah, what's happening? He's in that movie, guaranteed. Um, but yeah, back to the lesser interesting superhero. Uh, so yeah, Snake Eyes is a movie. Um, there there are some good fight scenes. Um, I think this movie just really underuses or not underuses, but incorrectly uses a lot of its actors like henry golding just has a lot of natural charisma in every other thing i've seen him in and in this movie they're trying really hard to strip that away so that he's just mm. you know he's got a past that they'll remind you of about every five minutes he's like <laughs> yeah i'm out i'm out for revenge um and it's just it's a generic action movie like it's i enjoyed myself i can't call it a good movie i probably won't ever see it again but is he just like the stoic leading man fighting dude yeah he's just he's just out there trying to you know reconcile with his past and be the best ninja Uh, he can be that sucks (laughs) and he has a he keeps bouncing between his actual english accent and this vaguely american sounding accent that'll just like come in every now and then kind of like uh scarlet witches accent in the first couple (laughs) yeah 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 movies (laughs) uh but yeah snake eyes is uh snake eyes and it's i think it's another case of this movie sets up a more interesting movie than the one it actually presents Uh, Mm. because like the the whole movie is like oh look how good friends snake eyes and storm shadow are uh where it's pretty obvious that they're gonna hate each other at some point and then that big twist comes you're like oh i'm finally interested in this story now and then the movie ends (laughs) it really seems like it's because this is from paramount and they obviously we, I think we've talked on this podcast a lot about how much they struggle. They've been struggling in the past few years. They have Mission Impossible and they have A Quiet Place, but they've been quietly selling off all of their movies other than that to all these streamers, like Colin's favorite movie, The Tomorrow War. Heck yeah. Um, you know, which you still haven't seen. Um, <laughs> but uh, like they've been doing all of this because they're just trying to keep their heads above water. And then I feel like they've looked at kind of what you were saying Colin earlier about how they overestimate how much people like this stuff but for them it's kind of like well we can either make it try another make another go at G.I. Joe or we could make another Transformers movie like they really don't have any other properties right now you know so I feel like they're just like ah we'll see what happens and then I feel like they didn't really market this movie at all like the trailer came out through like what a month before this movie actually released in yeah. theaters it was really really bizarre I feel like they sunk almost a hundred million dollars into a movie that they didn't really even try to do anything with. It was very weird. Yeah. So the trailer came out and it was like right at a minute long and didn't tell yeah. you anything about the movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw like, I saw Henry Golding was like doing interviews on like, he was like doing like gaming sessions with like notable gamers and they would be like, Hey, how about that snake eyes movie? And he'd be like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> that, would be it. that was the market that was the marketing for the movie so like i i mean i don't know no one really cares about gi joe i feel like unless there's like one person that will comment on this podcast and hate me for forever but that's fine but 
I just think it's so bizarre if you're going to spend so much on this property. And it looks like they tried with the action, at least the action looks fun from the two second clips we've seen. But um, I just think it's weird that they just like, they're like, ah, this movie's a lost cause before it comes out. It's very, very weird to me. Are you going to see it, Nick? Uh, Are you going to go to a theater and see Snake Eyes? Do I really? That'll be a sad, that'll be a sad day for me. Uh, I mean, I spent this entire weekend watching Twilight movies, which we'll get to in a little bit. So maybe I'm there. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. Right after this podcast, going to the theater. The thing is, this is such a late sequel or like reboot, whatever you want to call it, to two movies that were never huge successes to begin with. Um, Like it's just kind of a weird thing where, you know, it's been eight years since G.I. Joe Retaliation, uh, which in itself was already a reboot of the franchise because the first one didn't make enough money. And they're like, you know what would be perfect right now? If we just dropped 100 mil right out of a pandemic. (laughs) It's like they're the underpants gnomes from uh, South Park where they're like, make movie, question mark, profits. (laughs) And they keep doing the same thing. Same thing over and over again. (laughs) Dude, Paramount's lucky. A Quiet Place 2 is like still holding up. Yeah. Well, they have Paramount Plus too, which is anyone yeah. to subscribe to that. So, uh, dude, iCarly's paying yeah. the bills for Snake Eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, oh, let's uh, let's move on to a movie that we did all see. Um, and it let's go. Even even if uh, some of our opinions are going to be a little different, this movie is definitely more interesting than Snake Eyes. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's jump into old. Uh, lots of good memes coming out of this weekend, so happy to see that. But uh, what are your, what are your general reactions to old? I really liked old. It was really good. Speaking really close to my microphone, uh, for a fact. Uh, no, I I feel like I'm the only one on this podcast who likes this movie. Uh, so I'll clear the floor for you guys, and then I can come back with my rebuttal. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is like fucking weird, and not in like. <laughs> Like, not in, like, a cool way. Let me get, say right off the bat, M. Night Shyamalan, like, he makes some entertaining movies. I, I will always give bonus points if a movie goes by fast and I'm not bored because I hate boring movies. But this was just a very awkward experience for my eyes and ears. I, it was just, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, so many choices were made or maybe not made that I was like, what? what what is this like what is this shot that i'm looking at what is this shot there's like half of their face like three people's face and i'm like looking at the sky and thomas and mckenzie's talking like a child i don't know it was just it was very very <laughs> off-putting for me i was like what is going on like my theater like half the theater was like laughing and the other half didn't know whether they should laugh or not very awkward experience i i, I didn't really like it but you know, fair enough. Yeah, I think it definitely takes some bold swings, which I feel like is uh, pretty typical of Shyamalan um, out, outside of The Last Airbender. Uh, Oof. He's at least... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's, he's at least trying to do interesting things. Uh, but old, kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jonathan. Uh, there's a lot of it that was just really weird. <laughs> <laughs> So this is my this is my galaxy brained ish take. Well, I guess not because I've actually read some other reviews and some people seem to have a similar um, 
like I guess reasoning that I do here, but I I look at it where the ending, the beginning of this movie and the ending, well, the ending is very, very weird. Maybe we'll talk about that, which I, I have no I have Trash. no rebuttal for that ending. Very bizarre, very, very weird. Um, but the acting at both ends, the beginning before on the beach and after the beach, the acting is not very bizarre at all. It's actually pretty normal. Maybe the like the shots are still kind of weird, but the acting itself is just this very just you know it, it's a movie. It functions. People are talking as they normally would talk, and it's okay. So we get to the beach with this amazing cast. This is a really good cast, and this is also one of the big COVID production movies. I think it was one of the first back into production like last year. Um, but um, I look at this cast, and it's got. Gail Garcia Bernal, Vicky Crapes, and Rufus Sewell, and Alex Wolf, and Thompson McKenzie, Eliza Scanlon. Like these are all amazing actors who I've liked in basically everything they've done. I think Vicky Crapes and Phantom Thread is like one of the best female performances I've seen in the last five years or so. So I, I come at it with that perspective where all these actors are amazing and they're not kind of like automatically get terrible with Shyamalan being their director. So I'm looking at kind of what the idea of this movie is and it's time passing by so fast that no one can comprehend it. And when you look at all of their performances, they're all acting as if they're their pasts, their presents and their futures all at once, which is kind of why you get, you get like Eliza Scanlon, which in that very awkward sex scene uh, with Alex oh Wolf. Oh my God. Um, which is uh, interesting. But when you look at it as... They are their pasts. They were like just children. What three minutes ago, or whatever the logic of this, and now they're in their twenties, and then they're gonna be, and they have like weird like moments where they talk where they're where they're like forty or fifty, and this is all colliding, and their brains have no way of like comprehending it at all. So I feel like that kind of um, is a I think it's a decent reason for why this is so bizarre because I just think you have so many popular or not popular, but just really just like solid actors here who are just just always dependable it's like i i think that that's the way i see this movie where it's just their minds cannot comprehend how crazy this what this beach is doing to their heads so it's kind of just like they're all scrambled and they're all trying all these very bizarre things and they're all talking in ways that don't make sense and all of their mental illnesses are going out of whack the ones that have them uh so in that way i think it's actually really interesting because it's all these like all these timelines colliding all at once to create this kind of like this freak out, this psychological freak out of a movie, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. So there were moments where I laughed really hard, especially uh, my boy, Jaron, uh, <laughs> constantly uh, saying his name is Jaron to all the other people, which I don't have a reason for that as well. But I think um, that kind of that point I've laid out, I feel like is kind of why I'm attached to this movie. And it's, it's very, very odd. I will give you that, but uh, I liked it. I thought it was bro, really interesting. Why? There's a character named Midsize Sedan, bro. <laughs> the first what time the this... hell was that? Dude? The what? first time Come I on. said that. Uh, I, I don't have that. I actually did I have, a double take in the no, theater. I got no response for that. I like one. looked to my girlfriend. Who was, I, was like, I was like, what did you just say? I was like, why is that girl freaking out? Like, he's like a rapper named like Midsize Sedan. I was like, what? Shout out to that dude. Uh, that guy's his, his name's Aaron Pierre, and he was just in uh, Barry Jenkins's uh, yeah. The Underground Railroad. And he was unbelievable. Uh, and now he's just uh, yeah. He's a rapper. First of he's all, a- 
he should yeah. be like a model or something on top of oh, that. I mean, my God, that man, that is a beautiful man. <laughs> but two, all of his lines are damn. That's all he's that's all he says. Damn. And his name is mid-sized sedan. Why did why did Shaman yeah. do him so dirty like that? That's uh that's a that's one thing <laughs> that uh I got. You guys just got me. make him put add like Lil Sedan. Like that just that as a rapper, <laughs> mid-size <laughs> sedan, dude. Mid-size what? <laughs> okay. There's a there's a weird thing with Shaman because have you guys seen the visit? Yeah, his, oh, yeah. his found footage movie where the yeah. kid the kid yeah. in that is like really obsessed with rapping too. Yep. Yep. And then and there's a few parts where McAvoy's uh the horde character is rapping and glass and split too. Mm-hmm. There's something there where he just really loves rapping and he likes to show it in the weirdest ways possible. He needs to stop. See, mid <laughs> mid-size sedan seems like a very boomer name for like a rapper where they're like, yeah, that sounds like something the kids these days yeah, would, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> think would be a good name. Uh, well, I got nothing for that, but I really like, I really like the, what all these actors are trying because they're all these different ages and all these different timelines all at once. And I think that explains a lot of their reactions to things and how weird they're interacting with each other. But uh, yeah, mid-sized sedan, that's tough. So- See, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> I wasn't too off put by the performances because that that's one thing that I actually did like about the movie um, that a lot of people seemed not to. Um, for me, it was a little weird, like when the the little boy Trent transitions into Alex Wolf, uh, or transitions into like another actor and then into Alex Wolf, um, and then like Thomas and McKenzie is playing like age twelve through like age. <laughs> yeah 30. yeah yeah damn now you guys are kind of uh, talking down from this movie a little bit <laughs> um two six-year-olds uh having a sex scene didn't didn't uh so wild well, they're not they're not they're not okay, well so so they're not sex the the actors yes by that point they're playing like the at least probably like the 16 the 20 ish age range but mentally this is like in the very yeah. beginning mm-hmm. phase of hey there's there's something weird mm-hmm. with time on this beach so they're still mentally very young. Yeah. Um, and like the only time you see them before they're in the tent together is when they're six years old. And I did another double take then. Yep. <laughs> I was <clears throat> like, because that was one thing I kept trying to figure out in the trailers because you see like the big the pregnancy scene. And I was like, how does she get pregnant? Like, unless she was like already pregnant before she got there. But then you see the movie and you're like, this explanation is way worse. <laughs> That's the one thing with this movie where I wish. M. Night would not have to try to explain everything because I feel like if you just put everyone on the beach and just weird shit happens, then you leave it super vague. Then all right. the metaphors I think work really well. Exactly. You know? Which is why the ending is so fucking weird. Where they're doing? Should we spoil it? Should we, should we do that here? Well, we've already spoiled quite a bit. Ah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Midsize like... sedan is a big, a big spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it ends up that they're doing all of this medical testing on these patients and they're trying to figure out oh if we put them on this beach that we can find cures to diseases and mental illnesses which is very odd i don't know i feel like the metaphor still stands for all like life passing by so fast and you can't comprehend it i feel like that still kind of works on the beach itself but then the last 20 minutes happens and you're like i i don't know it it takes away from it it's really it's really it was a choice and uh, i don't i didn't agree with it (laughs) <laughs> that's actually the part of the movie that I thought was the most interesting 
was I wish Man, <laughs> I we wish we could like <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have seen more of the experiment side of things and like gotten because it, it's all very surface level like you you basically get to the the Ted scene and you're like oh did they escape the island or not and then it cuts to M Knight's character um, going into the medical facility and then the the hotel manager is like here's exactly what we're doing here and kind of explains that away but then they don't really do anything with it. I feel like there would have been a lot of interesting ground to kind of see the the lab people uh, doing yeah. all their like medical study and kind of looking at like the ethics of human trials, basically. Yeah. Um, shout out to shout out to Shyamalan just making himself the most important <laughs> character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like that ending scene was very much window dressing uh, with, with all the medical thing where there's there's not a lot of substance to it. They're just like, here's why this is all going to make sense. Um, yeah. It kind of so feels they, like two movies put together, you know, where yeah. that's an entirely different movie that I think probably works over 90 minutes. And I wish this movie was just all on the beach. Um, but I like the beach stuff a lot where it's literally all logic is breaking down, you know, so even all the weird camera movements that you were mentioning, John, earlier, I feel like work because everything, nothing makes, nothing makes sense anymore in, on this beach. And I feel like the logic of there being no logic, if that makes sense at all. I think is consistent throughout that and then it changes once the, they're off the beach so i think it was all that was very intentional to me on there so i thought that stuff was actually really really good i, I, I like the kind of, yeah i like the body yeah. horror elements yeah, yeah that stuff was good to me, too. to me that was like yeah. the the coolest part about it it felt like pills, damn. and I, I saw a couple articles to, speculating on this but it felt like he was forced to kind of cut some of that short because even like the pregnancy scene, I feel like we didn't even really see a whole lot of that, no, even no. even compared to what was in the trailer. Because this uh, is PG thirteen, right? Yeah, so, and then like yeah. with the uh, with the scene with the tumor, you like see the tumor at the very end, oh, yeah. but you don't really. Yeah, that was wild. Like, there's not a. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I mean, that stuff was still, really good. Still pretty sick. That scene with the uh, the bone breaking. Yeah, yeah, is my favorite. The, yeah, horror. that's some. That was that was shit. disgusting. Yeah, that was nasty. That was really gross. I thought I thought that stuff was really good. I really like I really wish if you could cut off like the first 15 minutes and the last 20 minutes and we just get a 60 minute movie on the beach, you know, and release it that way. I think this movie is like yeah, a just, really, really, just put really, really beach. good movie. Just, yeah. Like it starts with that little girl just like singing and Vicky Craze is like, yeah, singing a girl. I'm like, oh my God, like is this how we're starting right now? Like I'm already annoyed, kinda. <laughs> Let me get on the beach but yeah i just that's the uh, Shyamalan just he's just out here just Man, doing respect. himself which i, I really admire because uh well he's a philly guy like myself so mm. i've seen him at a few sixers game back in my day which was yeah, lovely rip. you had to remind yeah. me of basketball all right oh, i'm sorry well cool. uh, we're trading ben simmons so it's gonna be that's gonna be <laughs> great for me um but <laughs> but he's ever since the visit i've just really admired that he's just spent he literally he's spending all of his own money on all of his movies uh because after because was the last airbender his oh it was after earth was right before the visit right yeah um, so and so after that no one in hollywood would touch him like i remember the trailers for the visit where it was from the director of and it would name all of his movies but not name not put Shyamalan's name in the trailer because he was so toxic at that point but um i've heard him talk so much about where he Put up a second mortgage on his house to fund the visit by himself he's like i just want to be able to make a movie again and no one else wants to fund it for me 
Um, and then that worked out. And we made, we made like $100 million on such a small budget. And so ever since, he's just been like, okay, I'm going to put all of my own money into all of my own movies. And so these guys like Jason Blum and all these guys were like, yeah, sure, go ahead and kind of just do whatever you want and we'll release it. Um, which uh, leads to very curious stuff like old. Uh, but I really admire a guy who's like, you know what, fuck it. I just kind of want to do whatever I want to do. And I'm going to put up uh, like 10 to $20 million to make the movie that I want to make. Uh, and he's bet on himself every single time. And they've all been super successful. Like un, uh, like Split and Glass both made over $250 million, And they were both yeah. like 15 minute, $15 million budgets, something like that. And then this movie is already... It's like, I think an $18 million budget and it's already made 25, I think over the first weekend. So it's, it's doing well. 25, yeah. Yeah. So I shout out to him for that. <laughs> it doesn't really explain the sex scenes, but uh, <laughs> I think I, I just admire him where he's just out here saying, I'm going to try to create the, the movie I want to make. And weirdly he has like really good marketability now because everyone knows what they're going to get from one of his movies. So I like him from that perspective. I uh I had to do a double take when Alex Wolf turned into Eamon Elliott because until he started speaking, <laughs> I thought that was Stanley Tucci. Okay, I thought the same, same thing. Same, 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 same thing. thing. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Stanley Tucci's in this movie. I was like, the star I was like, wow. cast. Stanley Tucci, five stars and letterbox. <laughs> it's like, ah oh, shit, wait, it's not him. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember him being in this movie. Like, I like it. And then he started talking. And I was like, no, that's not Stanley Tucci. Never mind. So, so the ending for old, the, the drinks they get in the beginning, that's like their like cure, like experimental that's drug, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Just had to make sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's I a mean, movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's clear that M. Night is just like, not for me. I just, I have not liked his movies in such a long time, but I, I keep going to see him because it's M. Night. And to your yeah. point about like marketability. I think that goes both ways. People who are like, this could be really good or like, this is M. Night, therefore it is going to be bad, therefore I will see it. Yeah, so he I mean, there's always money. there's always the possibility of a train wreck too. That's the one mm-hmm. thing where he's never he's never made a boring movie. That's one thing you can't say about exactly. him. They're, all, they're exactly. always, yep. I mean, you have like Sixth Sense and then Unbreakable, which is I think my favorite of his movies. But then all his bad movies are like the most dumbfounding things you've ever seen you know dude, like the last, airbender. Laughing yeah. the last airbender dude if <laughs> for those in, on netflix if you like hover over it you know it plays like a little clip sometimes the yeah. clip it plays is like like the earthbenders and they're doing some like hardcore choreography and then oh, one of them like, you're talking about. punches like like such a hard punch and then a small little rock just like floats across <laughs> the screen it's my favorite scene it's, it's so going like funny. one mile an hour too it's so funny <laughs> it's so good oh man like, yeah funny. he's just well, one of those dudes where you, he, he just can't have more than 20 million dollars to make his movie because yeah. then he can just make shit like that which is so bizarre oh but, man um, Oh, yeah. so funny let's not forget he wrote Stuart little too so true <laughs> just truly iconic <laughs> what is your guys's favorite movie of his out of curiosity uh i think i'm gonna have to go with split i really like i really like mcavoy in that movie uh i would probably be boring and say the sixth sense i don't really like yeah. split yeah i know a I lot of people a, like that one but that was a really fun movie theater experience for me because mm-hmm. I had no idea of that twist. I don't think anyone did really, unless you saw it later or whatnot. But it's kind of why I, I didn't thought, like it. Yeah. I thought it was really neat. I thought that was such an interesting because 
the way I looked at that movie, I was like, wait, none of this is making sense. How is he doing all this stuff? And then they introduced Bruce Willis at the end. They're like, oh, this is a superhero universe. That makes a little more sense, which is why I thought it worked a little bit. But hmm. whatever. I don't know. I think mine's Unbreakable, which I know Colin doesn't really like. I That's like Unbreakable. <laughs> I just don't love Unbreakable. Well, I do. It's amazing. So there we go. <laughs> it goes the Sixth Sense, Last uh, Airbender, After Earth. <laughs> I can't wait until top three. he does with old what he did with Split and Glass, and we get like a sedan movie. Just how he be- <laughs> how he became midsize. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. That's what he's oh. introducing all these rappers. So he introduces the kid in the visit. Then you got midsize sedan. Then you got uh whatever the rapper persona was in in Split. You put all those together. That's the uh, the end of this quadrilogy i'd see that why not it's probably gonna happen dude <laughs> well i think a lot of people are putting this on the level of the happening too which is kind of funny because people will see all the performances and they're like what the hell is happening with this but uh that yeah, who, who released made... the clip i think it was like fandango or something released like they just just like released like a small clip from the movie and they just put it out on twitter man that that's a tough beat for m night yeah was that, was that was that our boy jaron that conversation yeah that was that one's really my name that is one's really that's uh yeah that's not one you want to market your movie <laughs> oh boy so uh as as we kind of touch on our summer movie auction when we did the auction uh you said that old would be the best movie of the summer do you still stand <laughs> behind that um if this movie was my 60 minute long beach movie, I would fight for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I still like it. I'm a, I still vouch for it in my best, weird best way, movie of the summer. Best movie of the summer, though. Um, Double uh, down, yeah. dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Nick I mean, I old like, why, why do we need to see the Green Knight next week when it's okay. not going to top old? Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Come on. <laughs> You don't even believe that either. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But this was an interesting week because Nick and I both had movies on our uh, auction draft uh, drop. So I had Snake Eyes, which is the first of four movies on my draft to come out that I've actually seen. So uh, feeling, <laughs> you haven't seen America, the that. motion picture yet? <laughs> uh, you know, it came out on Independence Day weekend was busy because you got to watch like Independence Day. Uh, what was what was the other movie? There was like a theatrical release that came out too, the, and I just the didn't get around to it. No, nah. So yeah, I I ended up skipping both of those that weekend. Uh, but I'm here for final account whenever it's not fifteen dollars, and uh, I'm really banking on free guy. So I'm still feeling good about my auction. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like my so my two flyers are the movies that have come out, which are old and no set of move. Which I think no set of move is great. And then old, I like, but then I have Annette, Shang-Chi and Candyman left, which I feel like is a very odd bunch, but I feel like high hopes for all of those, especially Annette after hearing the, the can first reactions to hear how bad shit that movie is. So yeah. I'm, I'm still feeling good. I'm feeling real good. Yeah. I, uh, so the movies that have been released for me are Black Widow in the Heights and A Quiet Place 2. I like, I, I really like one of them. I think one of them's okay, and then the other one I just think is bad. I'll let you guys figure out which one I'm talking about. And then I'll have the this, Green Knight coming out next week. So you really loved In the Heights? 
Depth. He actually yep. did in the heights for that's all right. three. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh yeah, I I like mine. I, I can't really say anything's exciting about the three that have been released, but just the Green Knight is about to pull LeBron James. Yeah. Well, you got nine days me. out next week too. That's next week's a big week for you. Yep. Feel pretty good. Quiet place too. Success of the pandemic. So yeah, we we Shout are the paramount. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh yeah so that that's a uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of summer so we're starting to uh wrap some of these up and then let's move on to the main event uh here we go you know if, if you had asked me a week ago hey do you want to watch the twilight films next week i don't know <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you and then uh i ended up i watched all five of them nick i know you were doing the same thing uh-huh. uh <laughs> so uh how are we feeling about Twilight as a whole before we just jump into Eclipse? Uh, it's something. I feel like we were talking before we got on here where I I don't know if I can talk about Eclipse because they all run together for me now. Like, except for the first one, which I think we'll talk about a little bit, which is, I think is by far the best one. And it's definitely, it's the one that looks different than the rest of them. The rest of them, I just have no idea. Just like at one point, Jacob just wants to fuck that baby. Yeah. One point, one point, they're in a tent. I think that's the third one. Uh, but then it's yeah. like, yeah, then there's a yeah. fight, and then it does the fight doesn't happen, and then it's over. You're like, wow, yeah. this uh, has been so... my life. <laughs> this has been my life for 10 hours. <laughs> the, the only way I can dif- differentiate the third one is Bryce Dallas Howard, except her character is like only in half of it, even though she's the, I didn't realize you know, that was her. <laughs> I, I was looking at the IMDb page because it's always her red curly hairs in her face. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at, cause I'm amazed at how many stars are in this and how many people are just, who just evaporated off the face of the earth from this <laughs> franchise. It's like one or the other, but yeah. I was like, Oh shit, she's in this movie. And then it clicked. It was like, wow, this is a big moment for me. Yeah. So just for, uh, you know, some backstory, I said, uh, I picked twilight eclipse in the group chat. And like one of the first responses is LMAO. Is that actually your pick? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> yeah it's like this is this is my pick we're gonna talk about twilight for like an hour because this is one of the most confusing franchises to me like ever i i cannot fathom how big this was like when it came out when i was in like fucking junior high or whenever the fuck it was i i saw a movie i saw i think it was eclipse i saw i saw it in the theater with a girl and then when the title card appeared, she started crying because she was so excited. And that was the last time I ever saw a movie with her. <laughs> like, like the staying power that Twilight has is unreal. It is on Netflix right now. I think almost all of them are in the top 10. They're all in the top so five when oh, I watched. <laughs> what? Oh, my. That's amazing. Jesus. That's so amazing. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, so... I talked about this a little bit in our uh, group chat when you dropped Twilight as the uh, pick of the week, but uh, I lost a bet at the the wee age of eleven and read all the Twilight books. But this is the first time I've ever seen any of the movies, uh, so it was <laughs> it was weird because I knew what was going to happen, and then it happens, and uh, just when Edward's very fast, like all the memes started <laughs> looking for me too. <laughs> um like it, it feels like a fever dream and kind of like nick said they all just sort of blend at a certain point um i think there's definitely a noticeable difference um between the first one and new moon just like 
oh, stylistically in a lot like that's the only one where uh bella's really a backpack is is in the first twilight <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite moments in film history when that first happened but uh the first time she's i feel like i hope i have like my walls are strong in my apartment because when he took off up the mountain with bella on her back and he's like clearly like his arm his legs are just like flailing like above like they like clip arped him like, clip arped him, yeah. in, him in into the background when that started happening i was just like cackling like like an insane person in my apartment by myself so i hope my my neighbors don't think i'm weird now <laughs> uh, and then i you know i got a shout out to bill condon because uh i do like the difference in direction and especially like how he uses color more than just like the moody kind of dark vibe of the first three uh when he does show up uh but he also directed the good liar so i got to give him a a shout out whenever i can (laughs) that's so funny because i was watching i I finished the fifth one right before we started recording here and i hate i hate his direction (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry colin i thought the, the fourth one do we all agree the fourth one part one is by far the worst or no? Do we do Ooh, we differ there? I think it's close between that and New Moon. Close. Yeah, it's close. I just don't get Bill Condon. I, th- I feel like The Good Liar was my favorite of his uh, con. See, <laughs> so the the Good Liar is my old. Like, I don't think it's a <laughs> it's anything more than just like a very adequate movie. But I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> but yeah, I think the I think four is just atrocious i hated that one that was that was the only one i thought i was gonna uh, i'm interested to to talk about like kind of the views of twilight at the time and how it got dumped on so much because that's kind of what i expected and except for four i didn't have that feeling at all four was the only one where i was like wow i passionately hate this (laughs) the rest of them i was like wow this is just bizarre and they and pattinson's trying some stuff in the first one but yeah, that fourth one just really uh, is not ideal. Do you remember when these all came out? Like, were these like big? Oh, huge! Yeah, massive. I just—it's crazy because they made—it's—it's it's a combo. It's like what three point five billion they've made all together, which on is a, absolutely insane. Yeah, on a four hundred million dollar budget between all five of them, they pulled in a little over three point. So it's, they pulled in about three point six billion worldwide. So just crazy amount of profit Jeez. for movies that really aren't that expensive. Yeah, I was really interested too because there are like a few big franchises I feel like I haven't watched all the way through. And I'm really interested to see kind of like for stuff like Twilight where it's like, why did so many people um, relate to this? Like why, like, why did so many people go nuts for this? Um, and I don't like to be like, nah, people are just dumb. So they like bad shit. Like that's not, that's not that's not what I'm going for, but uh, I think the, the first part is really just, that is obvious. That's just there's not a lot of content made for teenage girls. The, there's literally no movies that ever are made for them, yeah. and uh, it's I feel like time and time again we see that when you make a movie for a, just an underserved market that they just do really well. Um, like I like Crazy Rich Asians when there wasn't a rom com for a while. It just it just went gangbusters at the box office. Yeah. Um, so you have that. And then it's really, you can really see like kind of like the wish fulfillment of the entire franchise where I feel like it probably makes way more sense in the books, but Bella is just such a blank slate, uh, which is why like her character development is just so bad in the movies and she has no agency at all. 
but in the book, I imagine when you're reading this and you're in your tween years, you can, you can put yourself into that character. So now you have all these like beautiful people kind of going after you this entire time. And I can kind of see why you, in the right mindset, someone would really like throw themselves into this franchise from that set, from that sense, you know? Uh, I feel like those are like the two big ones, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to dunk on this franchise as much as, as much as I thought I would when I first started the first one. So it's, it's an interesting little mix. I really like how a lot of, there's quite a few scenes in the, the first Twilight movie where they're subtly hinting that uh, Jacob's a werewolf, uh, but like <laughs> talking about him and wolves or like him and the moon or just like the most overt <laughs> nods you can make. It's amazing. In a new moon, the first time that Bella finds out, it's like a big, like groundbreaking, <laughs> the whole plot of these yeah. books has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you guys curious. team Jacob or team Edward? Uh, this is a huge mm, debate. I gotta go I with I, Edward. Yep, yeah. I gotta go with mm. Edward because Edward doesn't imprint on babies. So I mean, the that's, age that's a great call. Great call. Just as troubling, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's like 104 years older than she is, but you know, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, well, at least he's not lusting after a baby, so he's got that. <laughs> he's got that in the in the pro calm. Um. <laughs> I feel like the asshole in me wants to say that I'm team Bella should just figure out herself and learn oh to love my. herself. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's I, like new moon. She's just so suicidal as soon as Edward leaves. And she's just trying, she's trying to kill herself. It's a killing montage for like 45 minutes. And it's so ridiculous. I just kind of want to be like, yo, you should just like go to therapy or something. But uh, no, if I, I'd probably go team Edward. Like the the baby thing is just you can't come back from that. How do, how do we feel about that baby? It's so creepy. So realistic. Everything <laughs> everything's wrong. Her name's Renezme. She's a CGI baby. It's just. Have you seen the baby so in like uh, behind the scenes where it like wasn't CGI? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to look at that. It's probably like no, 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 it was, no. It was just it was just a normal baby. Like wow, just a normal cute baby. So I don't understand why they like CGI'd the baby so See, creepy. I feel like it was a normal baby until that scene where the baby puts its or puts her hand on Bella's face. Uh, <laughs> and then they were like, that. they're like, yeah, we gotta so we gotta do CG for this. Um, yeah. there's like there's like a weird little uh like pro-choice pro-life debate that breaks out between the <laughs> Alice. Yeah, and- <laughs> I, was, I, I noticed that too. I was like, yeah. huh. The werewolves are really interested in killing this baby. This is a, <laughs> it's a can of worms. I don't even. <laughs> uh, well, there's even tough. like there's one point where one of the vampires is like the fetus, and then like one of the other vampires gets a little pissed, like the baby, and then they have to yeah. have like this little, <laughs> this little uh, abortion debate in the middle of the vampire it, romance. Yeah, I'm, I I can't I can't imagine Stephanie Meyer was like thinking about that hard hard hitting political commentary writing this franchise. <laughs> yeah it's i think um it's really interesting watching them all together where the first one is just so different than the rest of the four where yeah. i actually really appreciate um what katherine hardwick the director of the first one is doing with that movie because it's it's i mean it's not good it's not a good movie um uh, i don't think any of these are like quote unquote good movies but i think there's a lot of entertainment value in the first one because they're, def- they're really trying stuff with like the cinematography is just vastly different. It's so desaturated. There's no color and it kind of works for that brooding sense that they're going for. 
Um, some like the direction I think is really interesting, um, except for uh, the backpack up the mountain. That thing's tough. But uh, um, and then like the production design, I think is really good. It's like that movie's all practical, and we get to like this like really bad CGI nonsense by the fifth one. Um, and I think the performances are also really interesting. Like Robert Pattinson, there, I was reading a lot of stuff like behind the scenes where he the producers were telling him to try to be less intense because he was really going for this animalistic kind of really brooding and intense character. And they were like, hey, like you need to relax. And they almost like fired him from the movie because he really wanted to try this different thing. And you can kind of see that a lot in the first movie where he is really going for it. And he, all, he has all these weird like ticks. And like every time he gets close to um, Kristen Stewart, he has like these really weird kind of like, like, re like recoiling movements to him, you know, where he's really experiencing all this kind of like feeling, I guess, for the first time. So, I mean, the material isn't good, you know, but he's really, I think he's really trying. He's trying to make it something better than it was. Uh, and there's a really funny behind the scenes story where uh, someone, like I think Kristen Stewart was saying how he wanted to make it like an Oscar worthy performance. <laughs> Cause he was, <laughs> he really, he really wanted to make something out of it. Um, and Kristen Stewart, I think is different too, where like all of her little ticks, like all of those dissipate where by the, like the fifth movie, she's just kind of nothing. But in the first movie, she's really, really nervous has a lot of ton of nervous energy and is really um, just like twitchy in the same way and i think it works they're really going for something there uh, but it wow. is really interesting to see um it just disappear by new moon the new moon is just such an abrupt shift it's really 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 bizarre oh that, that was a that was a pretty hard defense of uh, the first twilight you kind of went off for uh, you went off yeah. dude that was i think deep. it's fun I think it's fun. I think it's not good, but I'd I'd watch the first Twilight any day. It's, I, I it, love right? when she steps in front of the fan, and Robert Pattinson's <laughs> it's like, "It's so good." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. See, like that's so the deep. shit that like that just isn't in any of the other movies. Where that's yeah. like a weird campy. Like, there's all this is all like so much good camp stuff in the first movie, and they don't. There's like all those little weird little touches just evaporate by the time Jacob gets buff. You know, oh. it's just. Uh, it's just I I love that weird stuff. It's just so goofy. It reminds me of like a like a Joel Schul like a Joel Schul Schumacher movie, not nice. Batman and Robin, but like one of his other ones where it's just like really Batman weird. Forever. Like, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, like like the, the Lost Boys or something like that. Like one of those weird like fruity like really hilarious 1990s movies that haven't aged well, but they're kind of fun. Uh, mm. I feel like that, like this is a piece of that, but then yeah, it's a yeah. By the end of the franchise, it looks like an right. SNL skit to me. It looks like a it parody really of itself, yeah. Like <laughs> SNL's production of Twilight. That's what it looks like. It's so true. And that ending too is just like, I think it's just the ultimate like middle finger. It's like ah, where it's none of it happened. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel Everything's like fine. the franchise, like the biggest weakness it has, is it never really does anything with its secondary characters so i was thinking about kind of the closest franchise um like just stylistically or like just in origin would be harry potter i guess um and you know you look at harry potter by movie five you have a pretty good idea of a lot of these side characters like dumbledore and snape and neville and you know you're doing interesting things with all of them um but by the end of movie five with twilight we have like one vague flashback sequence with Jasper where he's like, by the way, I was in the Confederate army and I also yeah. oh, go yeah. nuts if I smell blood. That's a, that's another one where it's like, wait, so is he just like a racist? Like what's the, like what's the deal? Um, that's another one that's kind of tough. 
but but none of the side characters and even the villains um other than victoria in the in eclipse um none of the villains really give a lot of time to kind of be interesting and be characters of their own either so i feel like uh you know bella and edward don't exactly have the most dynamic arc you know across five movies absolutely (laughs) not no (laughs) but i i feel like a lot of why that's so noticeable is because none of the side characters are doing anything but just kind of brooding alongside Bella and or Edward. Yeah, I feel like this this franchise could have used way more Michael Sheen. Michael's, Michael yeah. Sheen is just, he is just like chewing the scenery. So like, it's just amazing every time. Like he knows, the, he knows what movie he's in and he's in like a different movie from everyone else because everyone's like trying to take it like a little more serious. And you have like Kellen Lutz who's trying to be like, an actor and it's just not working uh but like michael sheen is like i i've acted in a lot of things i know how to be ridiculous and he's just going for it and i wish he was just in it more often because i think he's hilarious when he shows up i feel like uh gil birmingham who plays jacob's dad also ha- gives off a lot of the same vibes especially in the earlier few movies where he's just yeah. like there to release some tension and be yeah. a little bit funny <laughs> oh you know who i do love i love charlie I think that character is hilarious. The dad, uh, Bella's dad. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. the entire time he's like, he's like, dude, I don't, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I got no idea. Like, I'm just trying to drink a beer. I don't know what to do. I'm just your dad who like, I don't talk to your mom anymore and things are tough. I don't know. You're just going through a lot of changes. <laughs> I can't deal with any of it. I think it's so funny. And they wait to like, what the fifth movie to like, like, oh shit werewolves yeah. who would have thought yeah. <laughs> he's just like trying to drink his tall boys and just leo just be by himself i think it's so funny <laughs> i uh i did really like his wedding speech because of how obnoxiously long they let it play out like it's just oh, yeah. up there i do own a gun and i have a gun and i have a gun and it just <laughs> keeps going <laughs> We have Bill Condon just not saying cut, so he's like, "All right, yeah, I gotta so keep, I gotta keep coming ramping. up with stuff." Uh, <laughs> oh man, so uh, good. I love, I love Billy Burke. Great, it's just so funny. Just so much unintentional comedy in that character. It's, it's amazing. I, uh, I'm gonna say it. I had a good time with with Twilight over this weekend. The wow, not very good movies, fourth, but I had fun. Yeah, except for the fourth one, I enjoyed myself. There's so much unintentional comedy um throughout them and i'm sure we'll talk about the tent scene which is just fan fiction come to life in (laughs) clips um just there's just so much stuff that's so goofy and it's really funny to read up about how much robert padson hates this franchise and how much he just did not give a shit by the end it's amazing and you can see it in his performance that makes it funny to me too uh so it's an odd one i think there's so much to talk about which is um even and when it's so bad it, there's so much interesting stuff in there, which is why I feel like part of the reason it's in dirt. And then there's just people who like it, which I don't really understand that. But yeah, who knows? So, I, I guess if the sentiment is it's so bad, it's good. I guess I can get on board with that. I'll be honest. Whenever my girlfriend's like, we should watch Twilight, just a part of me dies. So <laughs> I, I can't really say I like enjoyed my time. But, you know, sure. It is really bad. There's, that it's there's a great it. opportunity. I'm sure someone's made it, but for a, a twilight drinking game like every oh. time someone says i love you to the other one take a drink every time jacob and prince on a baby finish your drink <laughs> okay i only watched <laughs> there's something there these. there's something there i only watched half of one of these movies sober this weekend so yeah 
I should accomplish there. It sounds like you were, you were, you did this correctly. Yeah. Uh, so, so which do you think is more cringe, the tent scene or uh, Bella getting proposed to and then making out with someone else like three feet away? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I gotta go. With I'd the have tent. to. Yeah, I go with the tent too because they're doing all the uh, unbelievable. Where he or or uh, Jacob's like, let's let's face, I am hotter than you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that line was thrown in there just so that all Dude, the Jacob's like, the kind of an audience. asshole in that one. Oh, he like, sucks. Like Bella's Biggest like, I've so ever cool. seen he's like ever. hugging him, and then Jacob just like gives like pants and like, yeah, what's up? Like I'm just I got your girl like right here. Like what's good? Just like a little side. I was like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> man dick. he's un- unbelievable simp in that movie he's just unreal and a bad just, actor as well from yeah Carolina. just yeah yeah he's one of them where he's just, jesus he was just in what the the ridiculous six after this and then he just disappeared shout out yeah. to shout out to taylor Lautner. i know he listens to the podcast yeah, yeah his uh his wikipedia does not list a role since 2016 that's tough i well, feel like he's tough shark boy that's true that's an underrated part of his filmography i think very underrated nick brought this up a little bit earlier but like with the cast of this movie they either turned into pretty interesting stars or they just disappeared completely so yeah. i think like kristen stewart and pattinson are kind of the best example of that because they've just yeah. they made their twilight money they're just kind of doing whatever makes them happy at this point Anna um, kendrick and yeah, Anna Kendrick. Even uh, uh, Justin Chan, the Asian guy from the first one. Yeah. His film and, uh, just went to Cannes. One of the, uh, blanking on her name, but one of the girls, like the, the girl that's not Anna Kendrick was in The Walking Dead for like, I think the entire oh, series. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And you have Rami Malek for five second cameo. <laughs> in the Oscar one. winner. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you have, yeah, you remember the Kellen Lutz? Remember his The Legend of Hercules movie? that came out oh, yeah. that was that was the it was that one in the rock hercules okay, that I came out at the it. same time and that one was uh i think that's sitting at like a solid like three percent run tomatoes right now so that was that was the end of that was oh, the yeah. end of kellen lutz <laughs> dang this uh i think this was kind of when bryce dallas howard was becoming uh pretty big too because yeah, this would have been a little bit after spider-man 3 yeah um but then it was like she did this and then jumped into a uh, Jurassic world not long after and like Pete's dragon. And now she's uh, like a Rocket good director. Man. Yeah. Oh, she did. Yeah, she directed, she directed one of the episodes of the Mandalorian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That everyone that everyone apparently likes. I, I yeah. still caught up. And they're bringing that, her but... back to direct some more too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not hearing a lot of uh, Jackson Rathbone content since, uh, <laughs> since twilight. <laughs> we haven't really heard from him very much (laughs) uh do do we have any more uh twilight thoughts before we uh wrap this bad boy up well do do we want to make a do we want to dive into three by itself now no (laughs) i completely (laughs) forgot uh so uh Uh... three i think three was my favorite of the five oh Oh, interesting uh, I like I like the whole revenge plot. I feel like Victoria is pretty much the one time in this franchise we get like a somewhat rounded out villain. Um, I feel like there's actually a little bit of stakes to it. Um, wow, there's, there's not Shut a whole up. lot. 
of stakes in this franchise, but uh, I do not like the end fight because I feel like that's so. I was just it's just over say. so quickly. It's just it's so, so anti. Oh, yeah. so bad. It's so. And bad. they cut to they cut to our boy Riley Beers just also being a simp to Victoria. There's just too many simps in this movie. Uh, yeah, then he so just horny. then he then he dies. Yeah, kind of kind of sucks for him. I feel, I feel really bad for him. <laughs> just turns into a vampire. Then he's like the werewolf, like bites his head off or however he dies. It's that's tough. Really really tough for him. Uh, Bella's just cutting herself again. Yeah. Um, okay. That was a big cut, by the way. That, that was, yeah, that was, oh, yeah, she, she was bleeding. She, yeah, she's dead in five minutes after yeah. that cut. That was, I'm like yeah. passing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is. I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot of Jacob, uh, just being really hot. I guess. Yeah. Or just shirts like always off. He's just, it, just the the part that the off. part that is the whole most hilarious to me is that his shirt's always off and he's wearing oversized cargo shorts the entire time that go past his knees. And then he's wearing like, he's wearing uh, like Air Maxes with like very, he's wearing like black Air Maxes with white ankle socks. It's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Every time they show a light of him, it was so funny. (laughs) It's so good. So, so good. Can you guys rank all the Twilights? Because I'll be honest, for me, to the earlier point about they all start to blend in, I'm like already kind of forgetting what happens in like <laughs> like half of them. Yeah, I'd probably go. Well, for I think we've all I've established that I like the first one, so that's number one. And then I do I'd probably do three second because I think wow second because okay. I think this is the one movie that actually tries to do a little bit of like it leans more back into the horror suspense stuff that was there in the first movie where. I mean the opening scene when Riley Beers dies. It's like that's like a like kind of like a like a slasher movie uh, scene because he's running down the the alleys and he just gets mauled and dies. And that's the opening of your movie, which is just you slap you slap New Moon between that and the first one, and it's just totally so different. Um, but I feel like this is the one that kind of gets that like these are vampires and werewolves. There should be like an element of horror to all of this. So I appreciate that and. The director David Slade, he did the Banders the Bandersnatch uh, Netflix thing, so he's Uh-oh. he's done some stuff. I think he's a decent director, but so I would do that as my, that was number two spot, and then the rest of them is kind of where they all run together for me. Maybe I'd go five, and then two, and then four is last. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate four so much. Just nothing yeah. happens. Yeah, I saw that half star rating from me. I'm like, oh damn, he's pissed. <laughs> they just go on a honeymoon she gets pregnant and then the movie's over that's it that's all that happens and then yeah. jacob gets excited and then that's credits uh, see you next time <laughs> yeah i think as long as two and four are at the bottom i still think new moon's probably my least favorite i think i would go three i think three five one four two would be my rankings I might go one, one, five, three, four, two, two, four. One of those. Yeah. Those are tough. Those ones are really hard to sit through. It's every other one with this franchise. It's like James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Every other movie is decent to watch. 
but yeah, I like the third one. I agree. The the ending, like they're really building up. It's like forty minutes of training. Like we're gonna do this crazy epic fight, and they just kind of wrestle in the field, pretend yeah, the minutes, minutes over. Geez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh with our Confederate Army leader uh, Jackson <laughs> yeah. Rathbone trying to teach all of them, <laughs> and then yeah, then the movie's over. But um, I think some of the there's a lot of great unintentional comedy too, because this is this is the big one where I feel like this was the one where they marketed it as team edward and team jacob because this is the one where they're going at each other the most you know yeah and it all culminates in that 10 scene where there's just i mean bella's sexual, a cheater yeah she really is That's true she's like, leading, like a she's leading up on, cheater she's leading him on so badly it's like, kind of jacob kiss me i was like what what do you mean and they just start making out i was like oh my fuck oh my fuck and Ed, edward's <laughs> just watching like yeah he just he just proposed yeah. like she said yes thoughts are pretty loud i was like oh my god <laughs> leave this girl dude <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh it's it's something yeah i always mad it would have been hilarious if they cut to him just like over the trees being like hey what's going on over there it's like what's what's happening <laughs> oh they're why, just making out why is it so easy for vampires to pull other vampires heads off like it takes very minimal effort yeah for most yeah. of them <laughs> that, that's that's only fun. i feel like that's only a big deal in the third one too right because that's where they make the biggest deal of it, where they're like, you know, you just grab them from behind, their face starts to crack, and then you just rip it off, and that's it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you have to burn some of them, but then like, with the the little kid vampire in that movie, they or maybe it was the fifth movie that when it goes like back in time and they kill the the baby vampire, uh, they don't oh, even yeah. chop his head off. They just like toss his kid into the fire, and that takes care of him. But then like. Sometimes they don't even light the bodies on fire. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, it's not consistent. It, <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the newsflash, the Twilight series is not consistent. <laughs> You're joshing. <laughs> yeah. It's like in the third one where you can either just rip off their head and then, yeah, they make a big deal about burning Victoria. It's like, what is she just more powerful or like, what's the deal there? Or is it just because it's Bryce Dallas Howard? She has to go in a good way. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, there's there's a lot going on in that third one. All of it, I think, is really fun to watch, even if probably most of it's not good, you know. And it has a little bit of that little edge to it, which is kind of why I like it. I think it's it's really goofy. I would watch one and three like any day, honestly. Any put day. Those on. Well, any day. That's bold. Well, I wow. need to prepare first because I need I, I need like Colin. I need my like my my drink in my hand ready to go. <laughs> Dude, my we friends were that. recording me watching Twilight Eclipse. Bro, I was going through it, dude. Like they showed it to me afterwards. It was honestly hilarious. I was like going through it, like visibly upset. But uh, still, I watched it. I couldn't look away. So yeah, there's something about it. You just you you really just cannot look away. It's it's really it's really something. That's the beauty of this franchise. That's why they're all in the top five on Netflix. Yeah, it's got the tween stuff going on. It's got the holy shit, what is happening? This is hilarious. can a franchise like this ever come back again? Like now? I'm sure Lionsgate wants to, you know, because it's, <laughs> there it's was like, like this. Yeah. They remade the first book from Edward's point of view a couple years ago, I think. So, I mean, as a movie? That uh, is a book. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah like, I, I know that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, like Midnight or something like that. Something midnight with, Sun. Falling with Sun. Or... Oh, was it? My, I, my name's Edward. <laughs> There's like some kind of <laughs> pomegranate on the cover. I'm pretty sure it's the uh, uh, Midnight Sun came out okay. in 2020. 
Oh, I think I saw where um, someone, some interviewer was like, uh, Robert Pattinson, would you want to come back? And he was like, uh, fuck you. <laughs> Batman would have to go terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah. For- <laughs> there, was a, there was an amazing quote I saw from Pattinson where someone after, it was during like the, the part two uh, like interview cycle and someone asked him if he took any like mementos from site from the, or from the set to remember his time. And he said, my dignity. <laughs> just uh, amazing i feel funny. like i would love to um, maybe i won't want to watch the entire series again but i would i just want to like you can see just pattinson just like his hatred just going higher and higher in every single movie it's so funny he's just like i'm just gonna deliver my lines and get the fuck out of here and then go make a fucking paycheck at this point and then go make another movie with claire denis or robert eggers yeah. <laughs> fucking uh, crazy Good for him. <laughs> He's doing okay, right? His career is really just awesome now. I think he's, he's like my favorite actor, which is the funniest thing. I think he's like brilliant. And it's I really funny. I genuinely hated yeah. him when I first saw Twilight, like when it came out. I was like, this guy sucks. I never want to see his face again. <laughs> yeah. And now he's like, exactly one of my like favorite actors. I feel like he shed that like hatred pretty early on like pretty quickly because i remember like just being a middle school it was like yeah you had to hate this guy like no matter mm-hmm. what movie he was in <laughs> yeah. um but i mean there wasn't even a lot of backlash when he was cast as batman and i mean they got pissed about ben affleck for like yeah. just being ben affleck but they didn't seem to care when it came to pattinson yeah, yeah. he's just been in so many good movies like i think yeah. high life is just outrageous I, like lighthouse is also that's like an all-timer good time you know yeah good time is yeah tended to even like he's just like like he's just so charming when he wants to be and then also he's just like vile in like the lighthouse or something like that and just fully willing to just be bizarre we excited for that i think so i feel like it i I am i think what also helped him is he was already pretty well known as cedric diggory before that's true So it wasn't like oh this is the first time we've ever seen him like he had a little bit of uh like you know a little bit more recognition yeah 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 I mean, it's basically going to be, it looks like it's going to be a David Fincher movie with Batman in it, basically, right? Looks like I mean, Seven with Batman. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Paul, Paul Dano. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Paul Dano is going to be just be doing weird <laughs> stuff. Like, it's probably going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm about it. Uh, yeah. Anything else to add on uh, Twilight Eclipse? Sorry to that girl that I saw the movie with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just could not. I know she listens every week. Yeah, I've just never seen that before. I've never seen someone cry when the title card appears. So, <laughs> um, yeah, next week is I think a week that we're all pretty excited for. So we've got a uh, Jungle Cruise, and obviously that's yeah. the one everyone in this chat is just like thirsting Dying for. for. Uh, we've got the Green Knight and then Nine Days. Um, so it'll be a pretty busy weekend. Yeah. I'm really excited for the Green Knight because apparently, A twenty four did A twenty four did the thing where they put all the really cool shit in the trailer, and it's going to be a really bizarre, just not what you're expecting movie, which honestly gets me more excited for it. The so, audience score for this movie will be like forty percent. Oh, it'll be like a ninety five critics and like forty. It'll be exactly. one of those. Yep, they're it's, gonna hate yes, it. It's see, definitely gonna be that. Jungle Cruise. I wouldn't be surprised if this like started topping all the other big blockbusters because 
you can't underestimate the selling power of the rock overseas. The first reactions aren't bad either. I've seen a couple of tweets about it. Uh, I think it like, looks fun. Even as movies that don't really make anything here, just destroy the Chinese box office. Like this would be the first monster return to the box office. That's my my wild swing. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks kind of fun. I mean, it's kind of one of those easy equations where it's like, hey, just put Emily Blunt and The Rock together in a movie, and it'll probably be okay. No, nope. you know, like just throw, two uh, people, Jesse just, Dude, Jesse yeah. Plum, yeah. <laughs> And apparently um, he's doing um, like in a crazy accent in this movie. So that's probably going to yeah. be great. Heard he's wild in this one. <laughs> I can so. I cannot tell you how many tweets I've seen today that said Jesse Plemons is a riot. Just that phrasing specifically. I so. love that man so much. <laughs> Just Game Night is an all-time comedic performance from him. He's going to be in the new Marty movie next year. He's amazing in everything he's in. I just, I love that guy. Yeah. He's the best. He's dope. Uh. So you guys want to know your homework for uh, next week's Movie Bevel Pod? Or Movie Bevel Club? Are we running, watching Twilight again? Uh, <laughs> big surprise. Harry Potter this time. <laughs> uh, so we're going with a, uh, a very Green Knight specific uh, movie. So we're watching 1984's Sword of the Valiant with uh, Sir Sean Connery as the Green Knight himself. You always put Sean Connery back in it. <laughs> this, uh, I didn't this just happened amazing by you i didn't i didn't plan this but you know it's appropriate uh it's free on pluto tv right now so uh if you're listening at home make sure to check it out have you seen all of his movies now no i'm i'm getting close though i'm uh i'm inching forward slowly but surely well i'm proud of you yeah well uh i i want my uh ambitious goal is to do it by the end of the year i don't know if that's going to happen but we're going to aim for it. Have you watched Sir Billy yet? I have. That was, uh, I watched that last year. It's, <laughs> it's wild. Good to know. I'll take your word for it. I won't subject anybody to that for the movie Bible Club. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, God. that was, that was a lot. That was old. Um, that was Snake Eyes and then catching up on the auction draft. Of course, lots of Twilight talk. Uh, probably won't be talking about twilight a whole lot uh here in the future so have a little bit of an emotional break just to uh recover um but that was this week's episode of the movie bubble podcast we'll be back next week talking about the green knight talking about jungle cruise and talking about sword of the valiant Uh, remember you can always check us out online at moviebabble.com 